yo, what the fuck is up, people? Uh, this is Ron Sense, and this is Ron. Sorry, I was in the middle of fucking... So I got this new microphone, and it's kind of part of why... I mean, I, I've had a, a slew of reasons for why I haven't made an episode, but I got this new microphone, which is really nice, and it's a, a whole nice setup, and, and this whole setup will actually allow me to, like, do interviews and whatnot. But the... um. The microphone is so sensitive, and my com- so it picks up my computer fan, and so I, I have a way within my editing software to like reduce that sound, but it still comes through. So whether or not you noticed it, I guess now I've addressed it, so you're probably going to notice it in this episode. So I apologize for that. I'm working on figuring out how to get that eliminated altogether because I don't really have anywhere else to put my microphone or my computer so yeah we'll figure that out but uh you may have to bear with me here i just need to start recording something because it's it's been way too long um another thing is i don't i mean so i'll probably still do certain episodes where i really do like hone in on singular topics and whatnot but i am wondering if that's been the right approach or not for what I'm kind of like, I I don't know if maybe going with the singular topics was too uh, exclusive to the point that it it would cause disinterest. I mean, obviously, the whole idea was that, you know, if the topic interests you, you listen, and if the topic doesn't interest you, you don't listen. Uh, But right now, because I I think like, for the people who do listen, it's kind of stretched so far, the difference in topics of which of what people like that it's sort of created this like fracturing of, uh, you know, an episode maybe only gets a couple people to actually like listen to it. Like I'll, I'll get the same amount of downloads. So I guess like from, from that standpoint, it doesn't impact the podcast's ability to kind of gain any traction. But I, I, I mean, obviously I want to like actually make something that people like, and, and want to listen to to a certain degree. Uh, I mean, I mean, it's mainly just me rambling. So I guess whether or not you like that is a key factor in whether or not you'll listen. But we we are trying to you know adapt and and make this a better product. In, in uh, certainly the frequency at which I'm producing these is also a, a bit of a problem. But you know, this is all a learning experience uh, that I'm kind of doing this on my free time when I have it. Which of late we've we've really been all over the place. I mean, God, I I'd been so many things. I mean, I went to the Daytona 500 like a month ago. Um, I, I've been golfing on the weekends a lot lately. I've just went to a wedding. It's been crazy. It really has actually been pretty crazy, the amount that's been kind of going on. Uh, so I do apologize. I haven't had time. Um, I, I did an escape room while I was at this wedding. I did an escape room. That was fucking sick. I've never done an escape room before. Uh, I highly recommend it. I highly, highly recommend it. It was, I've always wanted to do them. Like, I think that I always found them to be an interesting concept and I like puzzles and figuring things out and whatnot. And it definitely did not disappoint. And I did it in Morgantown, West Virginia. So if, and it was excellent there. So I can't imagine it wouldn't be fucking awesome anywhere else. So, you know, but more, I mean, Morgantown's nice. I, I'd never been to Morgantown before, but I think when people think West Virginia, it's, there's just a certain uh, aesthetic in people's heads. But so that was awesome, I, I have to say. And 
the Daytona 500 was a bizarre experience, to say the least. I, I genuinely, I have never been to like a NASCAR event, so I, I was very shocked by by how those uh, things go. I I had no idea you can just bring your as much alcohol into the event as you want. So like we just brought this massive cooler of fucking beer and just sat down in our chairs, like basically never moved. So uh, that was <laughs> definitely something. It, it's a it's quite the it's quite the experience. So may, may very well try and go back again sometime. I, I think that it was it was weird in kind of like a cool, funny way. So there was that. Um, we're in the midst of March Madness. What is this? Uh, it's um, March 22nd as I'm recording. I, I may or not, may not have to split this recording up or I'll do a shorter episode or something just because I don't know if I actually even have that much time to record this right now. So anyways, yeah, it's March 22nd. So obviously we've seen a lot of things. The two teams I like the most in college basketball, Illinois and Kentucky, are both out. Obviously, Kentucky got fucking slapped by St. Peter's, uh, who is a legitimately, like, a good team. I I don't know. I mean, like, the way that they beat Kentucky was not fluky. Like, they outplayed Kentucky in that game. Like, flat out. I mean, this was not a matter of, like, oh, you know, they got a bunch of random things to go their way. Like, no, no, no. I I mean, Kentucky got beat flat out. So... I I don't know, and then they handled uh, Murray State pretty well. So I think that this team actually is kind of kind of something here. I mean, you know, what now will they beat Purdue? I don't know. I mean, the Big Ten and the SEC have both been trashed this tournament, so maybe maybe Purdue too is overrated. Although I've said for a while that I think that Purdue is the only uh, Big Ten team that you know earlier on in the season I said this. I I think that. Purdue is the only Big Ten team that actually is like legitimately good. Uh, obviously, we have Michigan, who just Michigan. It's just like death taxes and Michigan making it like deep in the tournament. It, 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 Michigan. All they need to do is play well enough in the regular season to get to the tournament, and then it doesn't matter. Like they might as they may just end up in the finals. You know, like uh, <laughs> it, it's just it, it's so bizarre to me that somehow. No matter what the roster looks like, no matter how they've played all year, no matter what their flaws are or what their strengths are, it's just always somehow Michigan just ends up like deep in the tournament. So, I mean, you can't even account for them as far as like Big Ten's, like whether or not the Big Ten has been like good or bad, which they've been objectively bad. Uh, Obviously, we've seen the Big Ten just get slapped all over the board, but. Anyways, I, I mean, so I put five bucks to win a thousand on St. Peter's. So, you know, we'll see how that goes. I might even hammer that a little bit more. Um, as far as gambling goes, I've basically been stagnant. I've had like these wild swings of like, I drop like, I basically lose everything. And then I'll just have like a couple of bets that basically just completely take me back. Uh, like, for example, I, I bet heavily on Miami. Uh, so that really saved me after a pretty disastrous go of it because I, I had the Texas Tech spread for quite a bit of money and that ended up not playing out because Notre Dame, it doesn't play basketball. Like it's just, 
It's so stupid. The way that Notre Dame was playing, it was like, that's not even basketball. This is like such an absurd bastardization of like, we'll just all stand on the arc and shoot the a three the moment the ball touches my hands, no matter what. And I mean, whatever, I guess kudos to them that they were hitting it at what felt like at 60 fucking percent. But it's just like, ultimately, they're not actually a good basketball team. So that kind of played itself out as one would expect. But of course, it did botch the fucking spread so uh we yeah i mean uh, uh, it's been a crazy tournament there's no doubt i mean we've we've seen a we've seen a lot of uh upsets we see a lot of double digit teams uh kind of moving along into the sweet 16 here so it's cool it's fun i i mean i think that this has been a fun tournament i also think that there is the fact that last year's tournament was kind of a diluted product to a certain degree right because of the fact that it was like during COVID and there wasn't fans and whatever, like, and then, or there wasn't as much fans or, you know, what have you. And then the year before, obviously we just didn't have a tournament. So uh, I, I think that, you know, it, it's, this feels like the first year in a while in like whatever, in three years where we have like a, what feels like a pre pandemic, March Madness tournament where things just feel crazy. And so I think that that's been really exciting. And and I think that probably the ratings are pretty good right now on, on this whole thing. But uh, so there's that. And then uh, Elden Ring has come out, you know, well, like a while ago now. And that's been a tremendous experience. Uh, I mean, I guess this this episode is going to be like a brief recap on like all the different things. And maybe we'll, I mean, so El- Elden Ring, though, I, I do want to talk about how like much I really enjoy the game. And just to point out some things, some some of my thoughts from where I'm at. So I, I'm not like super far and I'll try to avoid. I, I mean, I guess if, if you care about spoilers, like in a video game understandable like there is somewhat of a story arc uh, as any souls game uh goes but i mean so anyways i'm uh what i i'm in the carrion castle i've been fighting these creepy ass fucking hands i just killed the uh the knight fucking the magic knight that's in like the fucking shallow pool thing and now there's like a dragon uh but but anyways so I'm like I'm I'm okay. Like I'm I'm decently into the game. I'm not like super far, but and anyway, I mean I guess I have what two um two of the fucking great runes. So I it's so it's very clearly a souls game, right? Let's get that off the off off there first. We've I know that there was a lot of talk about like this uh, obviously, this isn't actually in like the Souls universe. It is its own independent game in in a way, but this game plays exactly like a Souls game, which I, I love. I mean, I think the Souls game format's amazing. So it's this isn't a criticism, but I do think that there was some early talk before the game came out that this was, you know, kind of wanted to distance itself somewhat from it being a Souls game, and I think that that is. Definitely not exactly how it's turned out. I mean, obviously, there are some elements that have made it different, right? There's a map, there's horseback riding, there's jumping, there's actually platforming in this game. How crazy is that? Um, 
So those elements obviously make the game different in a way, and and certainly so. I mean, but you kind of keep the same tried and true Souls uh, combat system. They did add in a way that is effectively like a difficulty setting by allowing you to summon the spirits. Um, beyond, obviously, in all the Souls games, there's always like the the um, the NPC summons at certain bosses, and then you could always summon like players or friends or whatever. Um, and so now, on top of that, there's also these spirit summons, which drastically change how fights go. I mean, some of the fights are still hard. I mean, but for the most part, the it, it without a doubt makes the fights like significantly easier, which I think is fine. I mean, I've used it like once or twice in boss fights, and for the most part, I try not to. But I, I, the people who are like reeing about like people who use them or like calling it like cheating the game or whatever, it's like no, it's an in-game mechanic. They they are obviously casting a, a like a wider net in terms of who the accessibility of the game, right? Because the difficulty of Souls games is, you know, obviously it's just not for everyone, right? And that's fine. But they're trying to, you know, make it a little bit more accessible for people who maybe don't want to spend, you know, an hour or two on a boss, right? I mean, it if you've kind of played more of, like, the Dark Souls 1 and... um I mean, Sekiro had a lot of this, Bloodborne a little bit too. Um, maybe, maybe Dark Souls three. I, I mean, I I look back on it, I don't recall too much of Dark Souls three bosses being too difficult. And Dark Souls two, I mean, for the most part, I just feel like we don't really, uh, you know, we don't really acknowledge that much. I mean, Dark Souls two was, yeah, meh. It's it's the worst of the games. Um, let's put it that way. But, you know, I, I think I was talking to some friends of mine about this, and I, I do got to say that, that one of the things that is the is probably the most interesting and the most of a compliment to From Software, the maker of Elden Ring, is that at this point, I think in the current modern era of video games that FromSoft is probably the best game developer out there. And, and I, at this point, I think it's probably not even close. And I think one of the, the major points that, um, that my buddy had pointed out is like, look, when we're talking about this game and we're comparing about what we do or don't like about it, and we're comparing it like whether or not it's our favorite game and whatnot, the only things we're comparing it to is other FromSoft games. And it's not because it's a Souls game, it's because there's not been a video game, especially one that is more uh, single-player forward, like an, a more of a classical RPG-style game, since, like, Fallout, that has, like, really grasped you in the way that Frost, like, that all these FromSoft games do. And so it's just a tribute to them in in terms of their success of the fact that like they basically are only competing with themselves at this point. And so 
that I thought that that was a really interesting and, and a really good point ab- about what's kind of going on right now uh, within like more of the video game sphere. And so, yeah, I mean, so my guy's a, uh, my guy's what he's using the battle hammer from one of the dungeon bosses. It's a pretty cool hammer. Uh, I, I want to go like either intelligence or faith as like a secondary. I, 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 I've basically just been stacking my strength, endurance, and a little bit of my vitality at at this point, and and just kind of brute forcing that way. That's certainly been a lot of fun, but I, I would like to add in some casting elements. I, I'd like to go faith because I just think like going like faith with a big hammer is just fun, kind of like a paladin of sorts, I guess. Um, but I, I think that the game mechanics have have largely been pretty pretty good. I like the horseback riding. I like the open map. I like that they've stayed true to the for the most part, although this recent patch that they did does kind of deviate from it a little bit, but that they've stayed kind of true to their standard from soft game style of like that the NPCs are just kind of they're in the world and they're like li- it's basically like they're kind of living their own lives like they it's like you, you might you may or may not run into them they're there, and if you catch them, like, you'll get, like, a quest, sort of, like, a quest out of them, and the whole questing in Dark Souls, in, in the Dark Souls games and in Elden Ring is is very uh, subtle, right? I mean, it's, you don't have a quest log, you don't have a quest tracker, like, y- the NPCs aren't necessarily where you'll think they'll be and all these kinds of things, and, and I actually find that to be, I, I really appreciate that style. And I think a lot of people don't. I think a lot of people really aren't big fans of it. But I, I think that there's something to be said about it because no one does that. It's completely different. And it's just like they're not going to just like spoon feed you the game. Like they're going to make you explore. They're going to make you miss things so that you have to play it again. They're going to make you do things that are hard. Like and and so it's like what's I mean, to a certain degree, like, what's the point of the game if it doesn't at least challenge you a little bit? And so I, I think that in that way, I've always respected the way that they've kind of bucked the trend of how games go, and especially RPGs, where there's so much fast travel and quest, you know, logs and quest markings and stuff like that. Obviously, this game has fast travel, but um, of course, you know, there, there's certain limitations to that, right? I mean... So it, it's it, it I, I just think that it's uh I, I think it's well made. I, I think that it, I, I like the map. I, I love that the map is enormous. Like it just feels like all the time you're just running into new shit, which gives the game so much replayability, especially if you're gonna go into like a new game plus. I think that going into like a new game plus, I, I mean obviously in the past, like going in going into NG plus has been fun uh for plethora of reasons. But I also really like the idea of that you could go into NG plus and possibly do shit you didn't do the first time around. Uh, much more likely than in the previous games. So, uh, I, I really like that element of the game. I think that the graphics are really nice. I play it on the PC. I, I use a controller. Uh, I think you have to play Souls games with a controller. I think you're out of your mind if you're playing with a keyboard and a mouse, but. Yeah, so I I play with a controller. I play on my PC. I think the graphics are nice. I think the world is beautiful. Uh, I really like the storyline. I like the, I I like what's kind of going on. I I think it's fun. I think it's it gives me a lot of that Souls feeling 
um, in a way. And so, you know, it's, it's a game that took a lot of the good different things that they've done in pre- previous games of theirs. And it's a little bit of, uh, again, I, this is from a conversation with someone that it's like kind of like a greatest hits in a lot of ways, which I, again, I think was a really good analogy because it is, it, it's a overall, it's a pretty safe game from the FromSoft standpoint. Like there was not a lot about it. It was extremely unlikely that this game would get anything other than like good reviews and good reception. Right. I mean, I mean, cause when you think about games that did end up being really successful for them in Sekiro and Bloodborne, those were much bigger hacks for them in terms of like, they really started to buck away from what Dark Souls was. And they changed the combat to a certain degree. They changed the way that like the game plays out. They changed boss fighting structures. They, they changed a lot of things while keeping a lot the same that really made it like that was like a risk. Like that was like a, this may not even get received well by our more hardcore fans. And of course they did because they were excellent games. And so, but. This was really never going to be at risk of not satisfying your base. And on top of that, they made it accessible such that people who never played Dark Souls or never had an interest in playing or played it a little bit and got stuck because it was too hard and gave up that that was, you know, they've really opened the game up in a way so that 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 contingent can play the game, too. And so I respect that. I mean, I think that that's. I think that that's totally fine. And, and I, I think that they gave it away that if you want the game to be harder, the, there's ways to do that, right? I mean, it's simply don't summon the spirits, don't summon NPCs, don't summon players, all those sorts of things. So that it's just you one on one versus the boss. And a lot of the bosses are pretty difficult. Uh, I think so. I mean, I think in general, the game is probably somewhat easier. Um, but, you know, it, there's a lot of boss fights that I would say are harder than most boss fights from the the other games. I, I mean, I don't know if there's any boss fight that is hard, like, is the hardest fight that they've ever put you up on in this game, right? I, I mean, now, granted, I still have quite a few bosses to go, so I could be, I I can't speak, you know, with certainty, but... When you compare it to some of the, the more challenging bosses of the past, the, um, y- you know, what comes to mind, like the, I mean, depending on the order of which you did it in Sekiro, like Lady Butterfly, um, Dark Souls 1's, uh, Ornstein and Smog, um, y- you know, what the, um, Lord of Cinder and Dark Souls 3. A lot of these boss fights, I mean, I mean, and there's other there's other boss fights that I, I just can't think of off the top of my head as I'm just kind of going, you know, freely here. But I I think that there's um I, I think that there's legitimately uh some really, really good difficult fights that some of them are kind of cheesy in the way that they've made them difficult. Like some of them they just kind of did the thing where they they did this a little bit in Sekiro uh, a, a couple of times here and there. You'd see it, um, and certainly there's been fights in other Souls games where this. But it seems like this game has done a little bit more of the thing where sometimes the boss fights are just hard because the boss doesn't 
stop attacking. Like, they're so hyper aggro that, like, there's just not even really a window to attack them. So it's like you basically can hit them once, maybe twice, depending on your weapon. And then you're just, like, constantly dodging or running away or blocking for what feels like forever just to get your opening to attack again. And so sometimes those boss fights can be like a little like, you're like, Oh my God. And there's definitely a lot of boss fights in this game. I've noticed that really do have like legitimate one shot mechanics, right? Like they, there's a lot of boss fights where like there's one ability. If it hits you, you're dead. It, or like they have like one rotation of, a, of uh, swings that will kill you. Like, and so from that regard, I, I do kind of like that the stakes are higher. Like I, I killed like the, the death right bird the other day. What a fucking asshole that bird is. Like, I mean, that bird has like legitimately like three one shot mechanics. Like, and so it's like, well, that, you know, the stakes are really high on the fact that like you could play this fight perfect. And then if you mess up one time, you're legitimately dead. I mean, cause. Yeah, I mean, a lot of Dark Souls, when it comes to bosses, is, like, having uh, essentially perfect mechanics against the boss, but there's plenty of, I mean, you really, like, on most bosses, you probably only have to be, like, I don't know, 85 to 90% accurate to to drop them, right? I mean, because there is room, and especially once you have enough, um, f- you know, he, I, I always want to say Estus flasks, but, he, you know, some sort of healing, depending on which game you're you're playing, uh, some form of like a healing, you know, and, and once you have enough vigor or vitality or whatever it is in the game you're playing, you know, once you have enough health, you can stand to eat some mistakes and get through it, right? There's forgiveness allowed. So, but in this game, there's definitely some boss fights where you're just like, wow, it's pretty like, that's just up. Oh, I made that mistake and now I'm dead. There's no ifs, ands or buts about it. So that, that's been interesting. And I, I do like that. So, I mean, we'll see, we'll see how this game kind of keeps, keeps progressing. I mean, we'll, we'll kind of do a full game breakdown, I think, as we get a little further in. But I think that thus far, I'm, I'm a big fan of the way that the world has been built out and, let me think. I mean, uh, a little bit before Elden Ring came out, I did finally get um, Cyberpunk 2077. They were having a 50% off sale. So I bought that and, and started playing that, which I've, I've really liked. I haven't, haven't really played it all since Elden Ring came out. But I, I, I'm definitely going to kind of get back into that once I probably at least beat Elden Ring. And um otherwise i I mean maybe i'll just keep this episode short and kind of call it here and just get something you know done and 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 recorded so that maybe we can kind of get back into a swing of things here uh we'll you know we'll talk some more maybe march madness bets Uh, i mean I, i haven't well that's not true i actually have looked at i have looked at what i like in this uh, in, in this next upcoming set of games. So let's see here. I'll, I'll pull it up really quick. Uh, at least thus far, what I like, obviously beyond, uh, kind of taking that flyer on St. Peter's, uh, to win. Um, let's see. Logging in. What do we like? So 
I do like the under in Arkansas Gonzaga. Um, I think that Arkansas has been playing low scoring constantly and Gonzaga has been a little wishy washy too. Although in the second half, they keep just blowing up on scores. Um, I like the under in Texas Tech Duke. So I liked the under in, in Michigan State Duke. And obviously that exploded in my face because they just never stopped moving. But, uh, the way that Texas Tech plays defense and is specifically strong against two point shooting. Um, and, and the fact that Duke is typically not very good from three and is trying to drive and get jump shots. I think that there's actually a strong possibility that this game gets slowed down a lot and, and will probably stay under. I think that Texas Tech will try to keep the game slow. I think that that's Texas Tech's best, best way of winning. Um, you know, I like Michigan with the points. I, I mean, I, I really, I think that, I don't know. I want to take Nova. I'm sure most everyone's going to take Nova, but it's just Michigan with the points at this point just seems like the move. I mean, I just, I don't have a good reason to not take them with the points here. Um, and then I do like the St. Peter's plus 12 and a half, you know, they've, I, again, it's one of those things. It's like, I, I don't really have much of a reason not to expect them to, uh, cover against Purdue because we've seen that the big 10 has not looked good and St. Peter's has, it's just flatly. That's the case, right? So, uh, the other games, I, I, I think I like Miami against Iowa State, but I, I'm not certain on that. I, I've liked Miami up to this point. I've bet Miami every game. I think that they were kind of an underrated team coming in here. And so I, I have liked them. I also like, I mean, I actually, so my bracket's obviously a disaster. Uh, the teams, uh, uh, basically all the teams I liked were bounced very quick. But one thing I did have in my bracket is I did have Iowa State against Miami in the Sweet 16. I did get that right. I was on those two teams. So um this is a tough one. This is kind of like a, a one of those moments where you take the two teams you've been betting and then now you got to choose one. Uh Not unlike the Super Bowl, which I guess has also happened since – you know, I haven't done a podcast since uh, well, well before the Super Bowl, I guess, too. So, uh, but same thing, which I took the Rams in that, by the way. Let's go. But that was tough. Obviously, I bet the Rams and Bengals every single game. And then, you know, the, you end up with the both facing both of them in the, and then you're like, now what do I do? Right. Because I'm basically going to go double or nothing. Like, I'm either, I'm just going to put all my winnings and the playoffs into this game. And now it's like, should I bet both of these teams? I've I've been on both of these teams and now I got to choose one. So um yeah, so uh, otherwise I don't know if there's any I don't know about this Houston Arizona game. Um I would have said to Arizona up until the way that they played in this this last game uh Houston I I mean I don't I, Houston is a good team but I, I mean, I know that the final score didn't look close against Illinois, but they didn't play very well against Illinois. I mean, that was, I, I, I'm, I'm dead serious. I mean, I know obviously I'm an Illinois fan, so you can put this as Homer, Illinois, you know, whatever. Like, but I, I tend to be pretty realistic about this shit. I had no expectation that we were going to, I, I didn't expect we were going to win against Houston. I really didn't, but I'm telling you that technical foul call on the Melendez dunk. 
I mean, that ended the game. The game, they could have just stopped the game right there because you get that momentum. You get into within four again after you've kind of been getting in within two, within four, within, you know, and then you kind of drop to within eight. And then as you get back and you get to this moment and then you call the technical and yeah, you can play the result and say, well, they missed, you know, when they got the ball, they took a three and missed it. So, you know, how much of a, you know, how much of a bust was it actually on your points? Sure. That's fine. You can play the result as if like from the standpoint of prior to that result, obviously that's fucking huge for Houston. Like it's like just because they missed doesn't mean that it isn't botching things. And especially when you're talking about the fact that this team was jacked up, you could see it all over the fucking building. Like, the moment that technical foul got called, it took everything out of them. And sure, whatever. Okay, again, it's like, you want to be like, well, you know, hang tough, be better. Like, don't give it, don't give up like that or whatever. Like, all right. Yeah. Uh, you, you let me know how that goes for you when you have that happen to you. And then we'll talk. Okay. Like, you know, I, I'd like it if like, I, I'd like to see, like, for, you know, whoever is the, the fictional character here who's just, like, telling people that, you know, they've got to fucking remain in the game or whatever. Like, whatever, in whatever line of work it is that you are in, like, you finish something up to give to your boss or to a client or customer or whatever. And then the moment you, like, give it in and you feel like, you feel like, hey, you know, this has been a grind, but I'm back. Like, I got this. Like, we're good. And then for you, and then like, if some, someone just like basically said, actually, this, you know, doesn't meet this criteria or something that like it very obviously does. And you like, they just basically fucked you over. Yeah. We'll see what your mentality is like when that happens. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, just got to eat it. Not going to be upset at all. Not going to impact your ability to do your work in the short term. I'm sure. So yeah. I mean, whatever. Again, you want to call me a Homer fan uh, on that? That's fine. So be it. But uh, I, I really think that they, the, the game was done at that, at that moment. And if I'm not saying they definitely win, if, if that doesn't get called, but all I'm saying is that's a different game, completely different game. So, but I mean, look, they didn't deserve to beat Chattanooga. Like, I'm not going to, pretend here right they didn't they sh they shouldn't have beaten chattanooga they did but they shouldn't have beaten them the chattanooga was the better team that night and illinois basically pulled it out of their ass and so you know that's why i didn't have that high of hopes for houston because houston's a good team so they they should have beaten us with the way that we've been playing is what it is but yeah so those those are the things i like right now i guess i'll wrap up the episode here um I know we kind of went all over the place. I'm going to try a little bit of that for, for a little bit here. Just kind of see how it goes. If I just kind of go on and talk about whatever I want to talk about. And I'll try and make the description in the podcast episode kind of cover like all the things that I'm covering. Because I'm just kind of talking. And it's just whatever comes out, you know, that's what's going to be on there. So, um Obviously, there's been a lot more to get over, but I, I just got to get an episode out here so we can kind of try and get back on track, um, which I say every time now because basically every episode's coming out like at a four month frequency or whatever. But I would have absolutely, if you listen to this, certainly if you've listened to it this far, 
Uh, any feedback that you can give me, I would greatly appreciate. Um, you know, whether or not, whether it's, you know, how it sounds, the topics I'm talking about. What, I mean, if you have something to say in response to what I've said, uh, you know, let's, let's have a conversation. If you think that there's something I should talk about, let's talk about it. You know, like, um, I, I really do want to get some feedback because it's really the only way that I can, um, make this better. So, and, and that's ultimately the goal is to, to make a better podcast. Cause I, I want when I do, you know, it's like, if I'm going to do this, I want to do it well. So, um, you know, any, any feedback there. And then if you do like what I'm doing, uh, the biggest thing you could do to support me at this point is just like tell a friend about it and please be sure to whatever on whatever podcast, uh, streaming platform that you use, please, you know, follow, subscribe, whatever, uh, rate, review, maybe even like do me a favor and like subscribe, unsubscribe, subscribe, like do that a couple of times just to give me, cause it, it does boost the numbers. And, uh, if, you know, if you feel so inclined, follow me on a bunch of podcast platforms that you have, you know, like if you have Apple podcasts and Spotify and all that stuff, just spot, you know, follow me on all of them. And, you know, you don't have to obviously listen to me on all of them, but that, that, that goes a long way to getting me some, uh, getting me kind of into the tidal wave that is the algorithm. So, uh, much appreciated. We'll talk again soon. Peace out.